everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. I'm Olivia, your host. Uh, welcome back and a very Merry Christmas to you and yours for all who celebrate. This is the last episode of the year. I'll be back next week with the first episode of the year. Don't you worry. Um, but yeah, I started this little podcast in November, the first week of November. So I've only had about two months under my belt. Um, but it's been a great two months. It's been a it's been a hell of a an eight weeks sitting here talking into my microphone the right way. If you guys listened last week, I realized that I had been using my mic backwards. So for the first like, you know, however many episodes until last week, the audio was probably a little janky. And I finally realized that I was using my mic backwards. So thankfully, we we got that hammered out. I am recording this right now. It's Friday, December 22nd. It is like so gloomy, absolutely socked in here in San Diego today, which I hate. I don't function if it's not sunny and it's not sunny. So I'm kind of not functioning. I'm also not really functioning because I have like winter break brain. Like there's something even I haven't been in school for years, but there's something like on a molecular molecular level where that like end of June time period, like when it would be before summer break and that like couple of days before Christmas, I get like that same feeling that I had when I was in school when you were going to be like let out for break soon. So like I'm I kind of have like senioritis right now vibes. (laughs) Like mentally, I'm a little bit clocked out. I'm in, which is funny because like I'm not even a big Christmas person. Like I don't, if you, if you actually know me, you probably know that I kind of have like a bit of a distaste for Christmas. I just find that um, too many expectations, too, like too much of an expectation to be jolly. Historically, I've struggled with seasonal depression and non-seasonal depression and this year I actually have a pretty good handle on that thank you to my therapist thank you to my Zoloft much appreciated um but it's still there's something this time of year comes around and I'm 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 just never feeling great you know there's always a bit of an undertone of melancholy that this year I am really trying to like even out like I am I'm using every tool in my tool belt to not be sad and depressed and so far I think it's going pretty well I have hobbies you know I have friends that I've been seeing a lot I have been what else have I been doing I've been putting on those ambiance videos from YouTube if you google like not google what am I am I a boomer I like I'm an I'm a boomer today if you search on YouTube for cozy winter ambiance videos I guarantee that it will increase your quality of life by at least 25 percent at least 25 percent they have bookstore ambiance and like ski lodge ambiance little cafe I love to turn on this one particular one that is a cafe with these big windows and you can see the cutie little like stars hollow adjacent town outside and the snow's coming down and there's like candles flickering inside the HD on some of these is insane like I actually I put on this one particular cozy ambiance video and it is it like transports me into into the scene like I'm there I'm in the coffee shop the menu is like 
is real. Like I spent so much time the other day <laughs> standing really close to the TV and reading all of the little like details I could find. The menu with all the drinks on it, the food menu, all of the books that were on the table were real books, like with titles on the spine. And I just find little details like that to be so exciting. I was just delighted. So if anyone's, you know, having a, a, t a tough time out there, I can't offer you any real advice, but I can... Uh, suggest to you that you turn on some cozy winter ambiance videos on YouTube. They have ones that are just like ASMR with like the fire crackling. They also have ones that play like jazz or like some light instrumentals in the background. So there's really something for everyone. Okay. And it's just my duty as a someone who tends to get sad in the winter to tell you about this. If you're unaware, I am sitting here today so I can give you the part two of the Caroline Calloway timeline. If you did not listen to last week's episode, I definitely suggest that you go start with that. We cover Instagram sensation, self-published author, self-proclaimed scammer, Miss Caroline Calloway, from birth, essentially, <laughs> to <laughs> mostly like 2012, like her active years were 2012 to present I covered as much as I could cover from her childhood through the end of 2018 in part one and now for part two we're going to be covering 2019 to the present day and this is a stacked timeline okay like I'm uh, for reference I covered like 2012 through 2018 like six years in the first part and uh, you know before that six years too. So I covered like her entire life through the end of 2018 in part one. And it took me about an hour and a half. I'm worried that I'm going to go over that hour and a half mark with just 2019 forward. <laughs> so <laughs> those four years have a lot to them. And I mean, first of all, like same disclaimer I gave last time, but even more so for these particular years, it, it would be impossible for me to track down literally every move that she made. And it would be equally impossible for me to record it, the timeline, including every single detail in any format that people would actually want to listen to. Like I, I am aware of the fact that people just don't want four hour podcast episodes. And I have to deal with that because if, if, if that was a format that had any sort of popularity <laughs> among people, I would be recording four-hour episodes, okay? I mean that with my whole heart. I love a long-form podcast. Like, I love it when one of my favorite podcasters releases a new episode, and it's like two hours and 45 minutes. I'm like, perfect. But I know that that is not the popular opinion. And I'm here to give the people what they want. And so I am trying to keep this as timely as possible. And for that reason some small details are going to be cut out. I chose what events and information to include in the part two of the timeline based on, one, what I think will help provide the fullest picture of Caroline, because that was kind of my goal for this two-part two series, I guess. Is it a series if it's only two parts? I don't know. My mission with the Caroline Calloway timeline as a whole is to offer a comprehensive timeline of Caroline's life and her lore and to provide a full picture of her whole deal to someone who doesn't know anything about her. Um, because, like I mentioned last week, there is a lot of things about Caroline Calloway that 
on their own aren't very strange or weird or worth talking about. But within the larger picture of her character and her, you know, public persona, those things are meaningful to her larger story. So I'm I'm kind of picking and choosing based on what's the most um like relevant to her bigger picture, if that makes sense. I'm also including the events and the parts of the timeline that I think are like the funniest or the most unhinged. So this is going to be a long one. I'm sorry in advance. I kind of have already been talking for like 10 minutes, not even about Caroline Calloway. So Lord help me once I actually get into this. The other thing that I will say is I can almost guarantee that there will be a part three to this series um, for any of her future antics that I don't know about yet. And to kind of maybe just add a bit of a richer depth to some of the details that I might have left out or diving further into things that I've touched on in the first two parts. This episode probably isn't going to be a great standalone episode unless you already know Caroline's kind of whole deal and you're just here for the vibes, in which case, welcome. I'm happy to vibe with you. But if you are unaware of Caroline and you need the base knowledge go back listen to episode one it's about an hour and 40 minutes you know go on a walk sit down put your headphones in I don't care what the fuck you do go listen to that one okay and then I'll see you back here for part two whenever you're you're kind of ready for that in your mind soul and body I also wouldn't be surprised if this episode is a bit more unstructured than last time um just because of kind of like the the place that my brain is in today. I'm feeling a little bit mushy. I'm feeling a little bit wacky. I just bodied some avocado toast and I'm also working on finishing off, polishing off the French press of coffee that I made this morning. Usually me and Ty share a French press of coffee, but he left for work early this morning. He didn't make coffee. So I got up later. I made myself coffee and I said, this is all for me. All of this coffee is for me, which I do. I don't normally drink an entire French press of coffee. That's not my my usual move. But today it was. Um, and so I'm I'm feeling a little wired, actually. Maybe for next week's episode, maybe we'll start the 2024 on a fun note. And maybe I'll go drink the Panera lemonade that kills people and record an episode and kind of see where that takes us. Would that be fun? What if I drink the Panera lemonade that kills people and I like hit a weed pen or something? That could be crazy. Alternatively, I could do the Panera lemonade that kills people and like a gummy and record an episode and just kind of like see when the gummy hits. I don't know. Leave leave your thoughts in, I guess there's no comments on a podcast. So leave your thoughts in my Instagram inbox, question mark. All right, let's get down to business. Last week, we covered Caroline's childhood, or lack thereof. Um, not that she didn't have a childhood. It's just that there's not a lot of information about it. But I explained that. We cover her high school career at Exeter and Episcopal High School. We cover NYU, Cambridge, the book deal, the end we were like book deal. We cover her post-grad life through the end of 2018 and today we are starting in the beginning I guess December of 2018 January of 2019 is where our story today begins 
In December of 2018, Caroline has the idea to do what she is kind of advertising as a intimate creativity workshop in New York City. And she floats this idea on her Instagram story, which was her main medium at the time. Um, this was during the period of time where her account was, she was branding herself as like an Instagram stories account. Like she distinctly did not post on the grid. She only posted on the stories. So within a couple hours of posting that initial idea of like, what if I did a workshop in New York? It would be $100. It would be a really intimate group. Um, that's kind of how it started. Literally within a few hours, within the span of like an evening, she spun an entire plan that included a global worldwide tour of creativity workshops in cities across the world. New York City, Chicago, Atlanta. Um, she also said Seattle, Austin, London, Amsterdam, and Dubai among others. <laughs> also, she has settled on the workshop costing $165 per attendee instead of the clean 100 that she started off with. And each event will be capped at 45 attendees, which is not exactly what I would call an intimate group. Among the initial promises for this workshop tour were that she was going to teach everyone how to make orchid flower crowns. Orchids were kind of her thing like she kind of when you think about it built her brand on orchids <laughs> just kidding she definitely did not but she did really try to make them part of her brand for a while she was always like going to I think she was just going to Trader Joe's and buying orchids um and using them in her hair to take pictures for a while I remember her posting like going out every night in New York and she would always post a picture of like the hair look and there was always an orchid or multiple orchids involved somehow like stuck into her bun stuck into her braid tucked behind her ear you name it she also said that she was going to do these like elaborate personalized gift bags for every person like I think her initial plan was to literally like customize each gift bag to each attendee like she was hoping to get enough information from them about what they liked that she could create like a a one-off gift bag for them I just want you to keep in mind that she is planning all of this in December of 2018 and she is planning for this to start in January of 2019 so I just want you to kind of think in your head like hmm is this enough time is that one month span of time enough time to get you know personalized gift bags and venues booked and a tour on a global scale you know kind of put together and if you're thinking no that seems like way too too short of notice that doesn't seem like a long enough time frame you are already kind of one step ahead of Caroline in this moment, right? Another thing is that Caroline was going to quote unquote cook vegan salads for all of the workshop attendees and bring them to the venue. So like she, her plan was to cook, you know, a, a salad to whatever extent you cook a salad. Um, jury's still out on that one and transport it to the venue from her apartment for 50 people, okay? So I just want you to kind of like get your head in that space. Like, what are we thinking? You know, how are we going to do this? If you're thinking this isn't possible, 
You are so correct. Now, I do have to go on a quick tangent already, a bit of a sidebar about Caroline's salad lore because there was a point in time December 2018 January 2019 where these cooked vegan salads you can't see me but imagine that I'm putting quotes air quotes around every time I say cooked salad okay because like hey it's a salad what actually is it not just assembly like what are we cooking really So Caroline got very into these vegan salads for a really small, brief moment in in December of 2018. I think this also coincided when she declared herself as vegan. There was a really, really brief period of time where Caroline said she was going vegan for, I think, environmental reasons. But she never really was. Like, she would still post herself eating, like, sardines and fish and cheese, like, on her Instagram story. Um, I don't think it was ever mentioned again. That was like a really short-lived phase. But Caroline would call these salads that she made super soul salads. She was kind of like playing around. Here, listen, I'm not going to fault a girl for playing around with some fun branding ideas, okay? Super soul salads, go off, queen. Um, It was, it didn't last very long. Okay, and I would really like to thank this short-lived fan account on Instagram that is still public, still available. Um, The handle is just Super Soul Salads, (laughs) S-U-P-E-R-S-O-U-L-S-A-L-A-D-S. I don't know why I felt the need to spell that out for you. This account is just a collection of a few screenshots from Caroline's Instagram stories at the time. This account has, I think... 11 or so posts spanning from December 23rd, 2018 to January 7th, 2019, which is about how long the salad phase lasted in Caroline's universe. I'm going to take you through a few of the recipes, recipes, I guess I use loosely for these salads. So there is this one, Pesto and grilled chicken, avocado, romaine, cherry heirloom tomatoes, parsley, pea tendrils, arugula, and parmesan crisps. Okay, next one. Sweet potato, grilled chicken, baby kale, parmesan crisps, romaine, pesto, heirloom tomatoes, and pea tendrils. Uh, Next one, she says, creamy pesto tonight with grilled chicken, romaine, arugula, radicchio, heirloom tomatoes, both large and cherry. Thanks for clarifying. Parmesan crisps, pea tendrils, And then she says, I just love stuffing a big handful of some kind of sprouts on top. I feel like it's the vegetable equivalent of festive. Next up, we have some sort of greens with pesto, avocado, and salmon extra rare. Okay. And then the next one, we have a screenshot of sunflower sprouts, romaine, cilantro, baby kale, heirloom cherry tomatoes, lentil sprouts, little micro sprouts that are a mystery, gouda that is not butter, and avocado and holly. Holly? You're putting holly on a salad? And yeah, I do remember this. I felt I I very much followed Caroline during this time, and she would put this giant chunk of gouda on top of her salad, which doesn't, like, that, first of all, doesn't make sense to me because, like, she didn't crumble it. She just, like, put a hunk of Gouda on top of the salad. So I don't know if she's kind of, like, crumbling it as she goes or cutting it up with her fork. But it does look exactly like a big chunk of butter just laying on top of the salad. Okay, you get the gist. You get the gist of the salad vibes. Um, this was kind of 
the impetus for her wanting to cook salads for all of her workshop attendees because salads were just a really big passion of hers during this time. So Caroline is selling tickets to these events in various cities across the United States. She is taking people's money. She is taking their $165. And she does not even have any venues booked at this point. I can't tell you how electric it was to be a Caroline Calloway follower at the time that this was going down. Watching this entire workshop fiasco play out in real time was genuine. I wish I could go back and relive it because I didn't know that I was living in what would soon be history, you know? I could have never imagined how much of a clusterfuck this would have all turned out to be. Now I'm going to tell you guys about perhaps my favorite thing that's ever happened in the history of Caroline Calloway, and that is the mason jar incident. I remember exactly where I was when this mason jar incident was going down, like the same way I would imagine some people remember where they were when like JFK was shot or when 9-11 happened. The mason jar incident is my personal 9-11. Caroline ordered online 1200 mason jars to include in each of the gift packages or like gift bags that she was planning to give to all of the workshop attendees 1200 1200 glass mason jars and she was chronicling all of this in real time as it was happening so the mason jars arrive to be delivered to her apartment and they are on an entire pallet. There is like a freight truck parked on the New York City street outside of her apartment, unloading a whole ass pallet of mason jars, an industrial amount of mason jars. And when I was watching, I was working at the food bank at the time that this happened. I remember that the printer, the label printer that we used was broken and I was trying to fix the label printer, but I just kept refreshing. I would like walk from my desk to the printer, from my desk to the printer, like trying to figure out what settings I needed to change. And the whole time I was refreshing the Instagram story to see what was going to happen next with these mason jars. It was truly fucking ridiculous. She's obviously overwhelmed by the amount of mason jars. I don't really know what she was expecting because 1,200 mason jars like sounds like a lot to me. Like it's not one of those things where I would order, you know, 1,200 mason jars and be like, definitely that's a reasonable amount of mason jars. Like I don't know how she wasn't thinking about how this is an absolutely insane amount of mason jars to order. Not to mention that she also now has to figure out where to store them in her studio apartment. A pallet of 1,200 mason jars in her West Village studio apartment where she doesn't even have a table. She eats on the floor and calls it a tableau. I'll get into that more later. Actually, no, let's just get into it now. Fuck it. The tableau was this. OK, so she had this rug um, in her apartment. I will post a picture on Instagram um, I'm going to do a little slideshow of some visual aids for the episode. So head on over to Obscura Pod on Instagram and I will have that there for you. It was this rug that she had. So it was like her bed. You know how a studio apartment is, right? Like she had like this kind of like galley kitchen in like the hallway. And then she had her bed in the living room as a studio apartment is wont to be. Um, and then she had a rug on the ground. And she also just had piles of crap everywhere. So just kind of like picture piles of books and junk scattered 
around this, what I'm assuming is like a 300 square foot studio apartment. She calls her rug layout her tableau and she spells it T-A-B-L-E-A-U-X. I believe, and I think it's a made up word and concept. Um, She would basically just put like candle, like taper candles and flowers in vases and like, you know, all these books stacked up on the rug and it would, it's where she would eat. It's where all of her guests would eat. It was, truly looking back, it was so disgusting because I know that she never, like, you know, laundered this rug properly. There was taper candles dripping all over the rug. <laughs> there were, there was, like, candle wax encrusted into the rug. There, it was just, there was so much going on. And I'm going to post a picture of her sitting on her tableau so you can really get a vibe of what's happening here. All right. Remember earlier I said that she sold tickets to the events, right? After she sold tickets in other cities around the U.S., she decides to move all of those events to New York City. So people who paid to go to this workshop in like Texas are now trying to figure out a way to travel to New York so they don't waste their $165 that they spent. And the way that she goes about moving all of these events to New York is that she posts a poll on her Instagram story saying like, I just found the most dreamy venue in Brooklyn. Like I want to host all of the workshops here what do we think and the choices on the poll were yes and yes (laughs) you gotta love it dude she is so unhinged like you actually have to respect it a little bit like how did she think that was gonna fly how did she think that people weren't gonna be like uh I paid to go to this event in Seattle and now you need me to get across the country Part of Caroline's prep for the workshop, which I think the first workshop in New York was scheduled for January 19th. It was a Saturday, um, five days before my birthday. My birthday is January 24th. If anyone wants to, you know, give me a little present or wish me a happy birthday next month. Part of what she was doing was writing out these really in-depth emails to everyone who was going to be attending. And I have the screenshots of the email that she posted as an example on her Instagram story. So I'm going to read it aloud to you right now. We're going to learn about the logistics of the workshop, like what's going to happen and what time, what you're going to get, what's in the care packages, among other things. So without further ado, let me indulge you in a dramatic reading of the Creativity Workshop email from Caroline. My dearest Lily, Lily was the name of the attendee in this situation. On January 19th, we will be hanging out, learning together, talking about life and heartbreak and healing and self-growth and art. I'm so excited and I'm also freaking out about what to wear. There are two parts to this email. The first part contains the nitty gritty details, which are for you to passably absorb, plus three questions to answer only if they apply to you. And then the second part contains two very fun questions, which are for everyone to answer while having so much fun. Over the past few weeks, I've thought a lot about what to put in these care packages, thus elevating my already above average understanding of care packages to true expert status. And something that I realized I got really wrong in the description of this creativity workshop was personalizing and buying you things and stuff that I think you might enjoy. I, I mean, what if I got you, oh wait, one second. Sorry, it's kind of cut off because of the screenshot. 
I mean, what if I got you a personalized gift you didn't like? I would be heartbroken and... And I guarantee I would still be losing sleep over it three years from now. Thanks, anxiety and sensitive heart. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, there will still be gifts in your care packages. There's a material element of care packages that cannot be denied. And I can't wait to surprise you with all the little presents that I've found. LOLOL, if I can keep that secret between now and when we meet. Honestly, not my strongest suit, but we shall see. I've realized in the past few weeks of care package contemplation that the real element that separates care packages from swag bags, which are both essentially bags of free stuff to take home, is that care packages have a level of emotional thoughtfulness and care that swag bags do not. So the way I'm going to personalize these care packages is with letters to you. Everyone will get similar stuff, but you will get your letter. It will be a little moment for us to talk directly and share intimate things about our lives because it's not a sure thing that we will have that moment at the workshop. Yes, we will have time to talk and if you say something very nice to me, I'll probably burst into tears and it will be a truly beautiful memory together we will always share. But there will also be a lot of teaching and salad eating and putting flowers in hair, which is amazing and exactly what I want for this day. Those kind of moments are the best, but they are not the best for quiet heart to hearts. With the letters and the care packages, that moment of one-on-one communion is guaranteed. So it is the best of both worlds for me. Honestly, I think I may have just created my perfect event. This is everything I want from the weekend. So yeah, basically the second part of this email is for gathering information for that letter. So you can ask me questions on various situations in your life. You can ask me for more vague general advice. You can just share something with no context or framing. Um, Okay, it looks like that part of the email is cut off, but she continues, let's get moving and jump right into it, shall we? Girl, have we not already been jumped in for this whole time? Part one. Oh my God, this is just part one of the email. Holy shit, I thought I just read you part one, but no, this is part one. Part one, logistics. Bring your favorite pen. It is the only thing besides yourself that you need to bring for taking notes in your new journal. But also, if you forget your pen, literally no stress. I think I remembered to bring a pen to class at Cambridge exactly zero times. I will have extra pens for people who forget, but my pens will just be very random and probably not as fun to write with as your favorite pen would be. And then she puts the location that she's blocked out. We get into the timing of the event. From 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. is the coffee and tea reception. She says of this part of the workshop, attending this part is in no way mandatory. You won't miss any teaching instruction or salad or care packages or flowers. But why would you skip this chance to make new friends? If the answer is mental health or some sort of personal boundary again, I support you and you do you. You can arrive when I arrive at 12. But I thought it would be really lovely to give everyone the chance to get to know each other without me before the workshop begins. Go make some new friends, kiddos. Maybe a gorgeous connection will come of this. Who knows? If not, we still have three hours of hanging out and learning together, which is the main event anyway, so no stress. So right off the bat, you are paying for an hour of this workshop to be time without Caroline, even in the building. Caroline is to arrive at 12, and from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., she writes that this will be knowledge, healing, flowers, salad, more knowledge, more healing, more flowers, and photos. Now we're in part two of the email, which is the care package letters, and she writes a few questions for the attendees to answer. The first question, what would you like to talk to me about? What's in your heart? What's causing you the most anxiety these days? What's on your mind? Would you, what would you like advice on? What would you like to ask me if you could ask anything at all? There are only two questions because number one is very broad and contains six questions all in one, but honestly, you don't even need to use these prompts at all. You can use your email reply to me to talk about anything. Just know that it will lay the foundation for what I write to you in your care packages. 
And then the second question is, what do you hope to get out of this creativity workshop? This question is less for the letters for the care packages per se, and more for me to make sure that you leave this experience satisfied and to get to know what you are like. Okay, bye. See you next weekend. I know this is a lot, and when you send me your response, I will keep it very short and respond with nothing but an emoji, just so you know that I got it. Onwards, I can't wait to meet you. Love, Caroline. Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> so in this email, she's already backed off of the completely personalized care package aspect of the workshop. And I mean, Caroline really gets in over her head here. And I've kind of always been on the side, like, there's a lot of criticisms to make about Caroline. I will say that this wasn't a scam. Like she wasn't, in my honest to God opinion, trying to scam people. She just planned poorly and got way too in over her head to a point where it had consequences. <laughs> like, I don't think she was setting out to steal $165 from all of these people. In fact, I know that wasn't the case. She is goofy. She's kind of a stupid bitch sometimes, but like, I don't think that she was trying to scam people. I think she genuinely thought that this was going to be a good workshop that was going to go really well. And I think that she kind of has one of those personalities where she jumps really far into something very quickly. Um, I mean, it is, she has that kind of like addictive personality where she just like goes all in on something. And this happened way too fast. Like, lest I remind you, the entire workshop tour was planned in the matter of a couple hours on one fateful December night, okay? It's around this time where Caroline realizes that obviously cooking vegan salad for everyone for 50 people is going to be a lot of work so she backtracks on that promise too and decides to tell everyone who have tickets to the workshop to bring their own lunch she's like y'all can brown bag it i guess january 14th of 2019 is the day that shit really starts to go down because since the beginning of this workshop fiasco Media outlets have started to pick up on it. There's a viral Twitter thread from a Scottish journalist. Her name is Kaylee Donaldson. That really um, gets a lot of traction. This is when people start accusing Caroline of being a scammer, of running a scam. Um, people are drawing comparisons between this and Firefest, which I don't think is a very accurate comparison. This was in no way the same as people being left for dead on an island. I actually don't know if they were left for dead. I watched that documentary so long ago. I kind of forgot what happened. He went to jail. What was his name? Billy, Billy McFarland? Was that his name? Fact check, fact check. Yes, Billy McFarland. Um, I, Caroline is no Billy McFarland, okay? Billy McFarland was running a scam and he is in federal prison. I do not think that Caroline belongs in federal prison. Let me put that on the record. On January 14th, Caroline announces that she is canceling the rest of the creativity workshop tour. There's already been two events at this point. So I think earlier the email that I was reading was for the event that she planned after this cancellation drama went down because spoiler alert, 
she does end up doing more events. She cancels the tour and then she uncancels it. And I'm going to walk you through that. So January 14th, 2019, she posts on her Instagram story. I'm canceling the rest of the tour. Everyone will be refunded today, including those who attended the first two events. To anyone I've disappointed or outraged, I have so much empathy for how you must be feeling right now. It's so valid and I'm so sorry. I really believe in the power of sharing vulnerable stories, both online and in person. But if I ever do a live event again someday, the lessons I've learned from this experience will be at the core of its planning and organization. For those of you who have been here for me in the past, thank you for growing up with me. It's everything. Love, Caroline. So Caroline proceeds with issuing refunds. Um, She refunds everyone, even people who attended the first two events that happened. She then has a change of heart and she reverses her tour cancellation. So she uncancels her tour and she also sends out an email to people who have already attended the event um, and says, hey, I know I refunded you. But I'm going to give you the chance to pay me whatever you think your experience was worth. And according to a few sources, a lot of people paid her the $165 that they had gotten refunded. So people clearly thought that this workshop was worth it. Her diehard fans were not thinking that they got scammed. They did not look at this like they she pulled one over on them. They actually thought it was a valuable experience and they paid her the $165 again after she refunded them. <laughs> On January 22nd, 2019, Madison Malone Kircher from the New York Magazine published an article about her experience at the workshop. Caroline invited a few reporters to come to the workshop that she was hosting on the 19th as kind of a redemption round. So at this point, she has decided to uncancel the tour and it's back on just five days after she decided to cancel it. I'm going to read a little bit about Madison Malone Kircher's experience at this workshop. Um, According to her article, lunch ended up being catered. So people did not end up brown bagging their own lunches. Caroline did not cook them vegan salads, Um, but it was catered vegan food that the journalist says is delicious. So there's that. No orchid crowns actually ended up happening at this workshop. Instead, there was an orchid available, a single orchid available to put in your hair or tuck behind your ear for a photo op. But other than that, nobody was leaving with an orchid or an orchid crown like was initially promised. Madison says that the first hour of the event was a mixer social hour without Caroline being there. We knew that. Caroline put that in the email. They drank coffee with Rude Health Oat Milk, who allegedly provided free oat milk for the event. Although, allegedly, Caroline's assistant said that there were no sponsors for the event. I don't know. I don't know. Does it matter if that's true? Let's be so for real. This afternoon takes place in a Brooklyn loft, I believe. Um, Everyone's sitting on the floor. There's blankets and beanbags and pillows for people to sit on. And Caroline is kind of sitting in front of everyone as like the teacher. She's wearing what she refers to as her Miss Honey cardigan. And I remember the Miss Honey cardigan vividly she would call herself miss honey i think from is that from matilda i don't know i've never seen it um she was also wearing a t-shirt that said scammer on it and she was sitting underneath this banner that said fire festival and apparently she said that she cut out all the letters by herself with no stencil 
pop off queen. <laughs> so she's leaning into this persona of being a scammer that she's accused of being. She really, one thing about Caroline, she's going to reclaim a word. Okay. She says, oh, you guys are going to call me a scammer. Perfect. Let me make it my entire personality for the next four years. Here's a quote from the New York Mag article. More than two hours after we've arrived, the teaching begins. Calloway says she'll be covering resilience, heartbreak, making art, and how to find our voices. She talks a lot about the importance of professional mental health care and reminds the women, quote, the world is not owed details of your life, end quote. In lieu of the custom care packages, we're each given a blue tote bag full of goodies. A scented candle, a crystal, a mason jar with a packet of seeds, a journal for morning pages, Calloway-branded matches, a bit of wood I have since learned is a Palo Santo incense stick. This workshop gets a decent amount of press in certain circles. You know, I wouldn't say that this was breaking news. I wouldn't expect like my mom to know about it. But if you are someone who kind of was on Twitter or Instagram during this point in time, if you had any sort of stake in the game when it came to online influencers, you probably heard about this workshop fiasco. Caroline does end up doing like three or four events in New York City DC and Austin respectively and that will bring us to the end of our creativity workshop era. Now the summer and spring of 2019 was a really incredible time to be following Miss Calloway. The best word I could use to describe her like posting during this time is manic and I'm not like trying to diagnose her or anything. A lot of people on the Caroline Calloway snark subreddit are like so down to armchair psychology the fuck out of her and like diagnose her with so many mental illnesses. I'm not going to do that. I don't know Caroline. I also know that that bitch did go to therapy like three times a week for like a year. So I guarantee that if she has a diagnosis, the therapist gave it to her. All right. But I do feel confident saying that the vibe that I got from her story posts during this time were, in a word, manic. Caroline at this point is flat broke. She cannot afford to allegedly buy dinner. So she is doing like a bit of crowdsourcing fundraising from her Instagram. She is posting about her allegedly fraught financial situation. She posts a picture of her jumping the subway turnstile because apparently she couldn't pay like whatever the $2 fee to get onto the subway. Okay. She provides her Venmo for concerned followers who are sending her money. And I can't. I can't even say this next part with a straight face because it's so funny and so iconic. And it's the part of this summer, the summer of 2019, that I remember the most vividly about Caroline is that she would go to this bar in New York every night and order a $13 Aperol spritz. And the spritz came with free bread and free olives and like olive oil to dip the bread in. And so this was like just her dinner most nights. She would crowdsource funding to go buy her $13 Aperol spritz and then just, you know, allegedly live off of the free bread and olives that came with the drink. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. What a, what an interesting way to, you know, manage your finances. She posts an Instagram story of the aforementioned olive oil, bread, and olives and writes, let us never forget the summer I paid my rent by painting and lived off of free bread and olives. Caroline at this point in time is making these really treacherous looking watercolor paintings with boobs on them. She calls them titties, that's T-I-T-T-A-Y paintings um, to try and help her pay rent. Um, 
she's at first selling these for $40 a piece to her followers and then shortly after raises the price to $80 a pop and people are paying her for these paintings just through Venmo. So she doesn't really have like a organized system for keeping track of orders. So she doesn't really keep track of the orders. <laughs> surprise, surprise. She sells a lot of these. A lot of her followers are buying these respectfully ugly ass paintings. And I will be posting one. Keep an eye out on the Obscurapod Instagram because there will be a tite visual for all of you wonderful people. It's just a bunch of like watercolor splotches, like a lot of different colors, very like rainbow kind of abstract vibes with black paint over the top just like two really simple boobs without shipping any of these paintings that anyone purchased she just books a trip to the UK <laughs> kind of on a whim which is interesting considering that she allegedly couldn't afford dinner but she could afford a trip to the UK I'm not asking any questions she claims that she's doing a artist's residency in the UK but she's really just staying in an Airbnb and like wandering around the Cambridge campus all day. She goes to a ball. She does coke in a church. I'm going to read you um, a snippet from the sweet and sour chicken in-depth primer on the small bean snark subreddit. A lot of good information in this primer. I will be posting or posting links to all of my sources that I used. Any articles, any reddit threads, any screenshots. I'm going to put links in the show notes if you are so inclined to check those out. But here goes this little bit from the in-depth primer that Sweet and Sour Chicken wrote about this time period. She goes on a date with a dude. Then when she finds out he's going to be in New York City the next week, she books a flight home. She says she decided to come home because she needs to ship the Tite paintings. Caroline and the Cambridge dude go to a party together and afterwards he tells her that her style is kitsch and he doesn't like her enough to kiss her. But if she wants to have sex, then they can. I remember her posting the story the morning after this happened, telling all the details about this British guy saying that like, he, he fucked me, but he wouldn't kiss me. And like writing some long-winded caption about the fact that he fucked her but wouldn't kiss her, which is strange. I do find that to be a bit off-putting and I probably wouldn't have sex with someone who refused to kiss me, but maybe that's just me. Caroline also stops doing the Today paintings around this time and pivots to a new um, artwork niche, which is ripping off Matisse paintings. Let me explain. She has this book about Matisse's cutouts and she traces the picture of the blue nude five. Google it. I know that you've seen this picture of one of Matisse's works, but she traces out this like nude figure onto colored paper. She cuts it out and then she collages it back onto another piece of patterned paper. So it's essentially a direct ripoff of Matisse's cutouts, but she's referring to them as dreamer BBs. That's dreamer, letter B, letter B, dreamer BBs. And she is selling them to her followers, advertising them on her Instagram story. And yes, you guessed it. I will be posting a picture of one of her dreamer BBs on the Instagram so you can get a feel for what we're working with here. So she is selling these to her followers for $140 a piece at the lowest. I think she starts selling them for like $180 or $200 at some point as well. Um, she sometimes sells the same painting more than once, or I guess painting is not the right word. She sells the same collage more than once, um, <laughs> which, girl, like get a Shopify account, right? Why are we doing this through Venmo? 
you know what? None of my business. Um, a lot of these dreamer BBs, you can guess, just don't get shipped at all. Um, the ones that do get shipped arrive like bent and crinkled and the people who paid $140 plus for these are obviously disappointed. She runs this little scam. This is the closest thing she runs to a scam so far in the timeline, right? Like Creativity Workshop, my opinion, wasn't a scam, bad planning, mistake, whatever. This, the Dreamer BBs specifically, and the Tites just because they were ugly, but the Dreamer BB specifically because she literally ripped off an already famous painting. Um, this is this is a scam. So if you ordered one of these paintings, collages from her for 140 bucks, like I'm sorry, what were you what were you expecting? I really do want to like if anyone knows anyone or if anyone is stumbling upon this episode at any point in time who ordered one of these. I would love to talk to you because I want to know what was going through your head when you ordered it. I want to know if it showed up. I want to know if it did show up, what condition it arrived in. And I want to know if you still display this in your home now, because I actually think that this probably has like I would have never ordered one of these at the time because A, they were expensive and B, they were ugly. Now I would be inclined to own one of these Dreamer BBs just so I can say that I have one because Caroline is such you know, she has such notoriety. So in a way, I guess she kind of got what she wanted. Like here I am four years after the fact being like, damn, I I could fuck with the dreamer baby in this house just as a conversation piece purely. We're going to skip ahead to September of 2019 because September 10th of this year is when the I Was Caroline Calloway article drops on The Cut. This is Natalie's article or essay that she sold to The Cut at the time for $5,000. And it was essentially a tell-all expose about Caroline. Natalie was claim claiming to have been her ghostwriter for all these years and publishes this really scathing piece about Caroline. I'm not going to do a summary of this piece because I think that if there's anything related to Caroline Calloway that you've read, it's probably this article. This got a bunch of press at the time. Um, if you want to read it, I am going to link it in my show notes. It, there is a paywall, I believe. I remember reading this essay when it came out originally, and this is kind of, this essay sets the scene for the entire beef between Caroline and Natalie as it continues today. So Caroline was posting about how she felt so betrayed by Natalie for airing out her dirty laundry like this and kind of kind of describing her in a way that Caroline felt was inaccurate and didn't take into consideration her Adderall addiction that she was dealing with at the time. The entire internet is piling on to Caroline at this point in time and Caroline is not backing down she's not gonna she she was never like oh you know I'm gonna take a couple weeks off Instagram until this quiets down no 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 she was on the stories she was on Twitter she was commenting and reacting to everyone's thoughts about this cut piece now not two days later on September 12th 2019 two days after the cut article drops Caroline gets a call telling her that her dad's body was found in his home about a month later in October, Caroline finds out that he died by suicide after what seems like pretty much a lifelong battle with various mental illness. She posts a bunch of morbid details about her dad's death. Trigger warning, I guess trigger warning for everything because you never know what's going to happen with Caroline. 
But for this part specifically, she posts like a full autopsy report and the full, like the picture of the medical examiner's notes on his body diagram. And she describes like in really excessive detail the state of decomposition that they found his body in. She describes like maggots, live maggots being found in his chest cavity, among other things. People are finding it to be pretty unsavory and disrespectful that she's posting all of these really personal details about her father online for like at the time her 800 some thousand Instagram followers. To backtrack just ever so slightly, September 27th, 2019, so a couple weeks after she found out her dad was dead, Caroline is a guest at the live Red Scare podcast taping that was happening at the Bell House in Brooklyn that night. She does this as a way to clarify her side of the story and kind of get her truth out there in response like as a rebuttal to Natalie's essay. Um, She invites writers and journalists to come to this taping of the Red Scare in order to get the scoop straight from Caroline. And I don't listen to the Red Scare podcast. I actually don't know a lot about like the lore surrounding the Red Scare podcast. All I know is that I have vaguely negative feelings towards them and they annoy me and I would never listen to the podcast by choice. So if you wanted my take, there you go. I also don't know anyone in real life who listens to the Red Scare. I think that's a very particular crowd and I also don't even know if it's still popular. They kind of had a moment in like 2019, 2020. I don't know if they're like still having that same moment. Four weeks after her dad dies, Caroline posts one of my favorite things that she's ever, ever published to God's internet. It is on her Instagram. Well, she deleted it, but don't worry, I have a screenshot. It is a picture of her wearing like a string bikini on the beach in a kind of suggestive pose. No face. She cuts her face out of it. So it's just neck down bikini shot. And the caption is as follows. Four weeks ago to the day, I found out that my dad died. Five days ago, I found out that he committed suicide. I am sexy and sexual and grief-stricken and shrewd and zany and romantic and generous and imaginative and manipulative and reckless and ambitious and good. I have generalized anxiety disorder and chronic depression and I used to be addicted to Adderall. I'm fantastic with words and I refuse to let the world force me into being any smaller than the messy whole of who I am just because some parts of me seem confusing or contradicting or inconvenient. They are. Humans are. I'm going to give you a moment of silence to kind of digest that. Okay, here we go. Okay, you got it? As that kind of seeped into your being? Let's move forward. I really think she missed the mark by not releasing merch that said, like t-shirts or crewnecks that said sexy and sexual and grief stricken on them. I would have copped. Her dad's funeral happened. She gives a speech at the funeral, I believe. And then in December of 2019, Caroline goes to Florida to visit her grandma and spend some time with her. She's staying in her grandma's condo. She's posting all of this stuff about how she's like fucking in her grandma's condo. (laughs) And how it's like so beautiful and she contains so many multitudes because she can like get fucked and then also be a caretaker for her grandmother. So you know, take that for what it is. Well, in Florida, she decides that she's going to write a book about, quote unquote, going viral as a scam. Caroline will often and to this day refer to the period of time in 2019 where the creativity workshop drama was going down as her going viral as a scam. This is common verbiage for her to use. 
And she tells everyone that she is going to be staying in Florida until the manuscript is done. And this is in December. And she says that it's going to be published in January on the anniversary of her workshops. There's a really amazing, ongoing, in-depth timeline on the Small Bean Snark subreddit by ponies and proteins. I'm going to be linking it and this information I got from that timeline, okay? On December 23rd, 2019, Caroline takes to Instagram to announce a, quote, small book. She writes in her caption, announcement, I, um, dot, 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 I started a small book today. I think I will self-publish in January. On December 29th, 2019, she posts the first scammer cover and announces that the presale will start on January 15th, which is the scam anniversary, I think she's calling it, um, which is the anniversary of her workshop s- situation. On December 31st, 2019, Caroline announces on Instagram that there are going to be two separate books. She says, And We Were Like is going to cover Cambridge, Scammer is going to cover 2019. She says, I don't have a mock-up for the End We Were Light cover, but it will be Cambridge Blue with an Ingress-style portrait of me with flowers like Frida and my name designed in my own handwriting. That was her final post of 2019. And without further ado, we have now moved into the year from hell, 2020. And Caroline starts off this amazing, incredible year by ordering two ragdoll kittens from a breeder off the internet. She tells everyone that they were on sale, apparently, and that she got the two of them, a brother-sister pair, for $3,000. And the deal is that they are going to be shipped to Florida in February. She orders them in January. On January 7th, Caroline announces that she is going to stay in Sarasota, Florida until she finishes the scammer manuscript. And she did return to New York at some time, but I don't really remember when. And it is unclear when she actually did return to New York after being in Florida. On the 14th of January, she says that pre-orders for scammer are going to start the following day on the 15th of January. And on the 15th, carolinecalloway.com, her website, launches, and the pre-orders are officially open, and the cover reveal is coming soon. I can almost guarantee that you've seen this cover of Scammer. It is turquoise, like Tiffany blue, with this pixelated orchid-type flower. Maybe it's a lily, some kind of white flower on the cover, and then it just says, Scammer, Caroline Calloway. I think she designed it herself and I believe it. Like it is kind of giving graphic design is my passion, if you catch my drift. Caroline starts to get some press coverage about Scammer. BuzzFeed, Nylon, and The Guardian are a few of the big ones that cover her, as well as Paper and Dazed. Um, I think those are online magazines. Just a few days later on the 18th of January, Caroline opens up the Scammer pre-orders for international customers. She also announces around this time that Scammer will only be sold as pre-orders. You will not be able to buy it in any store or order it after it comes out. If you want it, you have to buy it now. And the book doesn't even exist yet. But she is taking people's money for it. So she keeps, Caroline, 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 you keep getting yourself in these situations. I hate to say it, but I don't think Caroline has ever learned a lesson in her life. Maybe she has. Just not about running a business, I guess. On Valentine's Day of 2020, February 14th, in a BuzzFeed article, um, Caroline claims that Scammer would be out as late as April, but 
there is a good chance that will probably be done sooner. Okay? March 2020 rolls around. We know what happened in March 2020. This is when Miss Rona, Miss Coronavirus, was getting a lot of attention. That sassy queen, the it girl of 2020. Despite the fact that reports of COVID and cases of COVID were absolutely going up in early March, Caroline still decides to take a trip to Germany at this time. She goes to Berlin. She posts a picture of her going to Bergein in a Corona t-shirt. I think that's how you say it. I don't think it's Bergein. I think it's Bergein because I think I got corrected on that one time, but I am going to fact check that real quick. So yeah, it seems like the German pronunciation is like Bergein, Bergein. <laughs> and then, then Americans say it like Bergain. So I am just, I don't know. I, I might switch between those pronunciations. Just wanted to, just wanted to get all of us on the same page there. Bergain is a nightclub in Berlin that is like infamously super hard to get into. It's like the most exclusive nightclub in the world, maybe. Um, and it's just known for being really hard to get into. It has a really strict door policy and you have to be like wearing the exact right outfit and say the exact right things in order to make it past the bouncer. So Caroline goes wearing a Corona t-shirt, which I think is against the dress code. She does somehow get in, which, you know, I don't, I don't even need to ask why or how. Caroline, there's just a way about her and she just gets into places and gets stuff. And it's like magic. She meets a guy at the club and she posts a bunch of things to her close friend story um, on Instagram that I didn't see at the time, but I do have the screenshots now. And apparently she just was up all night talking to this guy and having sex with him while they were high on Molly. In one of her close friends posts, she writes, I got into Bergine. I met a boy. He was very different from me. We hit it off. From March 8th, 2020, she says, when we left Bergine, it was a late Sunday night. I made it very clear that he could come back to my Airbnb and keep talking to me like we'd been in the club and maybe we could cuddle, but I would be very upset if he expected to have sex. And if he expected that, then he just shouldn't come. Next screenshot says, da, da, da. Whoa, my God, she posts so much. Okay. We came back to my Airbnb where I fixed us the ultimate come down beverages, water, black coffee, orange wine, and Advil, plus antidepressants for me. And we both took separate hot showers because we were definitely filthy from Bergine and covered in coronavirus. And I lent him my coziest clothes to change into. And he put on calming music as we came down from the Molly. And throughout these stories, she's posting pictures of this guy, but she's covering his face with the blue butterfly emoji, which was very much her brand at the time. She fucking loved that blue butterfly emoji for like a couple years. Next Instagram story slide. And then we stayed up for like the next six hours talking and stuff. And it was so erotic and special to me that I haven't actually decided what I want to share about this. Uh, so Bergine boy misses his flight to London the next day. And we plan to spend the night together again because he rebooked for the next day. However, he needs to get his luggage from his place so that he can spend the night at mine. During this time, I was having a dinner with my friend from Cambridge, Victor. And then at dinner, I blocked the Bergine boy on Instagram. Why do I block this guy with whom I've just spent the last 24 hours and had a really incredible experience? Fear of rejection. Fear that if we tried to prolong this strange bubble of an encounter, it would burst. Fear of hurting his feelings or ruining things if I told him I just wanted to be alone. This is a guy that she talked to for one night at a nightclub while high on Molly. Let me remind you. She posts about feeling guilty, about blocking him. She blocked him on Instagram as a way to ghost him because he didn't have her phone number. 
Um, she unblocks him and she messages him this kind of unhinged message that says hey I'm sorry I blocked you it was a panicky immature thing to do but sometimes I can be panicky and immature when I'm overwhelmed I hope my actions didn't hurt your feelings or if they did that you can forgive me did you get to London okay do you need help with the flight a promise is a promise and a Brigand friendship is forever and she is posting the full-on screenshots of her DM conversation with this guy with his messages which ethically I don't love like I don't love airing out someone's messages to you someone that you've known for like 24 hours right she writes of this short tryst with this man maybe some things aren't forever but it's never the wrong time to do the right thing and apologize <sighs> so naturally we never hear about this guy from Burgine ever again and we move forward in our story Sometime in March 2020, Caroline returns from Germany. She goes to Florida and she quarantines in a Florida Airbnb that her mom rented her. And the cats that she ordered in January are waiting for her at this Airbnb. She names the boy cat Matisse and the girl cat Kitte. K-I-T-T-A-Y as a nod to her titties, presumably. This next part I am going to read verbatim from the Sweet and Sour Chicken in-depth primer from Reddit. When the two weeks are up, Caroline's grandmother moves into her mother's house so Caroline can stay in grandma's condo. Caroline says scammer is ready, but the printers have now closed due to the pandemic, though she never discloses which printer she planned to use. She decides she's going to write a three-part response essay to Natalie's essay. She puts it on a website, IamCarolineCalloway.com, and puts it behind a paywall. She says anyone who purchased scammer can read the essays for free. Everyone else is charged $10, and she says she's going to give all the money to COVID relief. She says she will put up one part every Tuesday for three weeks. After the first part of the essay is posted and is thick 6,000 words rather than the 15,000 words she promised, she posts a full frontal nude to Twitter as an apology. She posts part two of the essay and does media rounds about donating $50,000 to COVID relief. Then she waits a few weeks, posts part 2.5, waits a few more weeks and posts part three, part one. The essay is never mentioned again, which <laughs> I remember this happening. This was such a terrible time. And I have very few memories actually from 2020 because I was traumatized. But I remember this very short-lived essay going behind the paywall. I actually don't remember her doing media rounds about donating $50,000 to COVID relief, but I wouldn't be surprised if that just wasn't true. Like, I really wouldn't. Continuing from this Reddit post, the attention high of posting a nude to Twitter goes to Caroline's head. She starts an OnlyFans account and charges $50 a month. When people ask why her price point is so high, she states that her, quote, cerebral softcore porn, end quote, is unmatched and that she is probably the only OnlyFans user with a Cambridge degree. Many established sex workers take this opportunity to dunk on her by posting their hotter, more artistic, and less expensive OnlyFans accounts. Okay, so we got to get into the OnlyFans of it all a little bit. Basically, the rest of the summer goes um, June 8th, 2020. She says that Scammer is shipping later this month. So it was supposed to ship later in June of 2020. And then by the time J July, July 20th of 2020 rolls around, she says on her website, she updates the listing to say that the book is estimated to ship August 31st. So she just keeps pushing the ship date for Scammer. 
And this is when she starts doing her OnlyFans to, I think, pay back her publishing debt. I think she pays back her $100,000 of debt with the money that she earned from her $50 a month OnlyFan page. And she does describe her porn as cerebral and softcore. And her whole shtick was just dressing up as famous female characters in literature, but make it topless. So like Daisy Buchanan topless, Juliet Capulet topless, you get it. Caroline is still in her grandma's condo as she's shooting this content for her OnlyFans account. Um, and she does eventually go back to New York during the year of 2020, but she spends a lot of it in Sarasota in her grandma's condo. After she gets back to her New York apartment, she does at some point in that time frame rehome her girl kitten, um, her Kitte, as we all know. Um, actually ended up going to Depths of Wikipedia or the girl who runs that account. If you're unfamiliar, it got really popular during quarantine. Um, it was a TikTok account. I think that's where it took off. It's also an Instagram account and a Twitter account, but it's just a girl who like posts interesting Wikipedia articles. I don't know. There's not much more to it, but she's kind of like a New York influencer girly. Caroline met her um, somehow in their circle and because Matisse and Kitte were not fixed, like they weren't neutered or spayed, um, once the girl kitty went into her first heat, um, Caroline said that she couldn't keep both cats anymore. It was like too much of a liability. Like, I don't know why she didn't just get her cats fucking spayed and neutered, but whatever. Um, so Caroline rehomes Kitte with the girl who runs the depths of Wikipedia accounts and she renames Kitte Pearl. We're skipping ahead a bit here to summer of 2021. Late June, early July of 2021, Caroline has the absolutely incredible, iconic, groundbreaking, show-stopping idea to launch her own skincare oil. She is leaning into her persona as a scammer, and she decides to call this facial oil snake oil. You saw it coming, didn't you? Reading from a Refinery29 article that was covering this skincare launch, Caroline says, We all know that I have amazing skin. Everyone knows this. This is just historically correct. I have the skin of a virile 18-year-old TikToker, and I am turning 30. Calloway says in her Instagram story before sharing that she's, quote, obsessed with creating her own potions for her friends. Friends are always like, oh my god, what do you put on your skin? And I've been making little gift batches for them in tiny little droppers for a while now. So she's selling this snake oil concoction at $75 for a one ounce bottle. And she also has plans to release a body oil in like a bigger bottle, which is, I think she's estimating $210 for four ounces. So this stuff is not cheap. Caroline continues, basically, I've become obsessed with anti-aging oils and I've combined them all into the perfect mixture and I put it on my face after all my other products. If you've ever hooked up with me, there is a 100% chance you've been like, oh my God, your skin is so soft because 100% of the people who have ever touched my body have said those words to me. I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> It goes without saying that none of this was FDA approved and no one would recommend that you purchase a mystery facial oil that was concocted in Caroline's studio apartment, right? So like, I hate to say it, but if you spend $75 on snake oil, you got what you deserved. And I sincerely hope that you didn't put that anywhere near your face. God knows what's in there. We've seen Caroline's apartment. She is not known for her cleanliness. 
Caroline still has the snake oil product listing on her carolinecalloway.com website. It is $65 and the product details read, <laughs> the pro- actually I have to warn you, the product description for the snake oil is crazy and it starts off immediately just all in. So here we go. When I was addicted to Adderall, I didn't sleep for three years. There's really nothing that bad for your skin and amphetamines, salts per se, but staying awake for that long will fuck your face up real fast. When I finally got stimulant sober, my biggest problem was staying sober. My second biggest problem was that I emerged from my three-year bender looking like the goddamn crypt keeper. So I got to work on research. Cambridge waits a couple of years before revoking grads free JSTOR access. And so I did a little noodling into peer-reviewed academic papers in order to see which natural ingredients reverse the signs of aging or even repair scarring? I, <laughs> okay, I'm taking all of this with like the biggest possible grain of salt, like probably a Himalayan salt lamp sized grain of salt. I do not believe that Caroline Calloway did any research, respectfully. Okay, I respectfully, I don't think that she's a research girl. Okay, I'm continuing the, the product listing. By the time I went viral as a scammer, I had already been making my homemade face and body oil for years, perfecting recipe after recipe until I started to see real results in my mirror. In fact, apart from the physiological trauma of a global public shaming and the ensuing loss of reputation and self-esteem, the worst thing about going viral as a scammer was that I thought I wouldn't be able to sell my homemade oil anymore because people would just call it snake oil. Unless, I muttered to myself, staring straight into the camera, unless... Okay, she's, <laughs> can I just say that I'm getting so sick of reading out loud her writing at this point. Her voice is starting to grate on me. The The product listing lists the ingredients, grapeseed oil, carrot seed oil, pomegranate seed oil, sandalwood oil, geranium oil, lemon peel oil, ylang ylang oil, frankincense oil, clary sage oil, rosemary oil, lavender oil, and neroli oil. How to use, apply to face and neck right before you go to sleep. I mean, technically you can apply this magic little golden oil anytime, anywhere, but I love using snake oil best just before I go to bed as the very last step in my skincare routine after any other products or on its own. Slather on and slither onwards. So there you have it. In August of 2021, August 2nd to be exact, Caroline embarks on what could possibly be the worst DIY home renovation project ever known to man. And yes, I've seen the skid mark wall on TikTok. On August 2nd, 2021, Caroline Calloway paints her hardwood floors white with white paint, bright ass hospital white. She is painting her beautiful hardwood floors in her apartment and it (laughs) this was an insane day to be on twitter okay people were fucking flaming caroline for doing this and rightfully so because it looks like shit notably she paints around all of the stuff that she has on her floor so like she has all of these books stacked up and these piles of like laundry and clothes and instead of moving all of that stuff she just paints the white paint around around it. She just paints around the crap. Yeah, I'm posting a picture of this, okay? And if you can even wait, because part of me thinks that if you're listening to this right now, you're running straight to Google and you are searching Caroline Calloway white floors. You will not be disappointed. It is, 
it is just as bad as it sounds. Like, I cannot imagine a worse crime to commit against a West Village studio apartment than painting white over the beautiful hardwood floors. Ah, it's gutting. That aside, at the end of 2022, or 2021, sorry, my brain is getting mixed up, but we're in 2021 and she, there's still no word on the print date for scammer. On June 23rd, she made a post, I think it was a tweet. She said that she was going to quote, randomly drop scammer one morning this summer, the way Taylor Swift dropped folklore. So that didn't happen, but it was a nice thought. We're kind of breezing through the rest of this year and we're gonna jump right into late February, early March of 2022. And this is when Caroline decides that she is going to leave New York. She's going to move to Florida to take care of her grandmother who at this point is like 99 years old. She's very old and she's lived in this apartment for 10 years. She's 30 years old at this point in time and she's lived in this apartment since she was 20. The other thing she's gonna do in Florida along with take care of her grandmother, is write her masterpiece. She is going to buckle down and get Scammer out into the world, finally, at last. So at the beginning of March 2022, Caroline celebrates her departure from the big city, her end of the New York era, by throwing nine back-to-back dinner parties in her apartment and she invites influencers writers celebrities she invites julia fox she invites kat marnell she invites the resident astrologer from vogue magazine all sorts of influencers tiktokers writers you know not everyone shows up julia fox definitely didn't show up but a lot of people do show up Uh, Claire and Ashley from Celebrity Memoir Book Club got invited and they both went to one of her nights of parties and they talk about it on the Patreon, I'm pretty sure, if that is of any interest to you. Brock Collier, who is a writer, uh, wrote this really actually pretty good in-depth account of her experience at one of these farewell dinners in Caroline's apartment. I'm definitely going to link it. Um, But she writes about her experience partying with Caroline. She posts a lot of really good pictures as well. And this apartment, you guys, I can't stress enough how filthy it is. There is piles of garbage all around. There is a coat of dust and dirt and grime just kind of all over the floor. Like you could not pay me to walk barefoot in this apartment is all I'm going to say. Okay. I would not have the dogs out for even a second. There was going to, there's preferably closed toed shoes in this apartment. Okay. I don't even know if I'd feel comfortable wearing sandals in here, which I don't, I don't like, but I'm a little bit of a clean freak. I will admit this apartment though, by any standards is dirty as fuck. I'm going to read a little bit from this curved piece. It is a Caroline Calloway custom that when you go for dinner at her apartment, you eat from paper plates in the middle of her floor. She serves drinks in an assortment of mugs and jars. The menu is always the same, either takeout sushi paired with an Aperol spritz or salads paired with wine, wine that you bring. I was there first for salad night with two 20-something influencers. When I showed up, there were four plates already on her floor, her cat, Matisse, wandering among them. They tasted like sweet green, arugula, apples, avocado, seemingly no dressing and had clearly been purchased earlier that day then left out the meal was served around her quote altar a tableau of art supplies animal skulls flowers vases terrariums and taper candles in the middle of her potting soil covered floor that's an excellent description 
One of the influencers brought shrooms and suddenly the very polite dinner, mostly spent talking about Caroline's New York run, turned into a trip. Before I knew it, I was agreeing to let Caroline razor off the top coat of my nails to super glue French tip acrylics to my fingers. I have no idea how she stuck these on here, my nail lady told me a few days later during the three hour appointment it took to remove them. <laughs> well, the other two took selfies around the studio on her bed and in front of the walls lined with hundreds of books, mostly classic novels, memoirs by women, and a couple of collections with matching green and red slip covers and one clearly visible copy of Play It As It Lays. Caroline declared the night the beginning of the end of a historic era. Apparently at this party, Caroline just forces all of the party guests to tell her what they like best about her. Everyone's high on shrooms, by the way, at this point. They're drinking wine. They're mostly just talking about Caroline, it seems. They eventually at some point go out for the night and like hit the club and Caroline Calloway takes her cat with. Apparently she just puts Matisse into a tote bag and like carries him into a bar. And according to the journalist who wrote this article, he didn't seem upset. And apparently he's like the most docile, chill cat ever who just like lets Caroline do whatever she wants to him which is questionable sometimes, but she said that the cat did not seem like he was being abused and that he seemed happy. So I'm going to throw that in there in case anyone is concerned. If we have any PETA activists in the chat, if we have any animal right activists in the chat, apparently Caroline's cat is fine. I personally cannot confirm or deny. Now, after Caroline leaves the New York apartment, she illegally sublets it to Rachel Rabbit White. Now, Rachel Rabbit White is like a New York girl, like an it, like a social light of sorts, I guess. She only has about 25,000 followers on Instagram. But if you're in like the New York, like it girl circles, I think you would know about Rachel Rabbit White. I literally only know about her because of her involvement in the Caroline timeline. So don't ask me any questions about are our dubs okay I got nothing for you but she's a poet she has a couple of poetry books that she's released and she is a former sex worker or current sex worker but maybe it's not her main gig anymore and apparently her um her husband like robbed a bank and like went to jail for being a bank robber before Caroline catches her flight to Florida she meets up with Rachel and hands her the keys to the apartment and the rest is history <laughs> except it's not Except it's not. There is there is drama that happens with Rachel Rabbit White and this apartment and Caroline's lack of rent payment. <laughs> okay. Caroline goes dark on social media. She posts a couple of like unhinged TikTok videos about how it's the end of her New York era and how she's going to Florida to write this memoir and blah, 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 blah. But other than that, Caroline goes dark on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Around this time that Caroline moved out and gave the place to Rachel Rabbit White, this information comes out that Caroline's landlord alleges that she hadn't paid rent since September of 2020. So a full year and some of not paying her, I think it was like $27,000 a month that she paid. But don't take that to the bank. I can't guarantee that that's the correct figure. A lawsuit obviously ensued, and in the Vanity Fair article, um, Caroline lets us in a little bit on her, her inner workings during this time. 
She says, yeah, I made a choice. Honestly, I'm not even sure it was the wrong choice. At a certain point, I realized I could either live luxuriously or pay my rent. The underlying humor is like, haha, and I regret it. But do I? A bank wouldn't have given me a loan with that low an interest rate to go party like a princess. I'm often reductive about myself in a jokey way, like, oh, 40 grand to party, but it wasn't opportunity. I didn't know when we'd see again the white hot molten center of what's cool in downtown New York embracing cancel culture in the ways that it did in the summer of 2021. It was a pop culture lunar eclipse that I wanted to take advantage of. I've created a brand out of thin air. I'm a business, but banks don't see me that way. Nothing but writing a book could ever make me a writer, but being there with the right people in the right places and having the right conversations could make me in a much better position culturally for when my book did come out. And being there took money. I want to be an it girl. It girls are startups and startups need funding. It girls are startups and startups need funding has got to be one of her her best quotes, okay? To justify going 40 grand in debt and not paying rent. Honestly, Caroline kind of invented girl math with that. She was like, well, I, I can't pay my rent, but I could just use it as like a loan to party. And like, honestly, slay. Her and the landlord reached an agreement on how she was going to pay back the money. Caroline says that she's paying him $5,000 a month until she reaches the $40,000. And she's throwing in an additional five grand to cover his legal expenses. So there you have it. Caroline moves in with her grandma into her Sarasota condo to be her caretaker. And then in June of 2022, after Caroline's only been there for a few months, her grandma unfortunately passes away. Caroline stays living in the condo to pack up her things, but she ends up staying there for infinitely, indefinitely, because she's actually still living in that condo to this day. Caroline is pretty quiet on social media for the rest of 2022. Presumably she is writing her magnum opus or her debut novel, Scammer. Earlier this year of 2023, Natalie, Natalie Beach, we know her from last time, announces a book of essays that she's written called Adult Drama and Other Essays. And this is kind of a follow-up to her cut essay that got a lot of traction in 2019. Caroline realizes that if she's going to get ahead of this, she has to get her book out before Natalie releases adult drama. And the only way to do this is to self-publish Scammer. She doesn't have a publisher. So she does self-publish and she does get Scammer out before adult drama drops on the 20th of June 2023. So I guess good for her. She did it. In May 2023, before Scammer is released, uh, the Vanity Fair article comes out that had been in the works for a year and a half. The journalist had been talking with Caroline for a full year and a half, also spent some time with her in Florida. It's a really good article. It gives a lot of information about Caroline. I pulled a lot of information from this article. I highly recommend it. It'll be linked in the show notes. We learn from this Vanity Fair article that Lena Dunham wrote a script based on Caroline Calloway's life because Paramount optioned her Caroline's life rights. And as of now, apparently that option has expired, but there is a script laying around somewhere that Lena Dunham wrote. And I can only hope that someday we get an absolutely banging biopic of Caroline. I wish that Lena Dunham wasn't doing it. I need to get one of the one of the other girls on this. We need to get Greta in on this. We need to get maybe Sophia in on this. Leave Lena at home. I know that someone could make a fucking good movie about Caroline Calloway's whole deal. And it's not going to be Lena. Respectfully, it's not going to be her. 
Caroline ends up dedicating the book of Scammer to Lena Dunham. So there's that. In June of 2023, the first copies of Scammer are sent out, baby. It is finally the real deal. She is publishing this goddamn book that she has been promising for like three years at this point. So whoop whoop way to go Caroline these first copies mostly go out to journalists as like PR packages and she's fulfilling all of the orders in the order they were placed so like people who pre-ordered their books in like January of 2020 are the ones who are getting their books first and I would imagine she has the most horrid backlog of pre-orders I can't believe Well, I guess she did. I was going to say, I can't believe she didn't hire people to help her with this. She did hire a couple people to come help her like pack and ship orders. But still, she was doing all of this from like her Florida condo. She was posting about it over the summer. There were just all these stacks and stacks of bubble mailers and books and packing supplies. And I was like, girly, you need to get just like rent a storage unit or a garage like you really need a warehouse here this is quite a large operation and if I were her I would have been panicking at the sheer amount of books that needed to get sent out but she did it I think as of October 1st she said that she had absolutely caught up with every single pre-order so good on you Caroline I guess as a thank you to her fans and customers for waiting so long to receive Scammer, she is sending out these luxury first editions as all of the pre-orders. So as I'm taking this from her website listing, okay, each luxury first edition is hand numbered in the order they were printed. They are each signed by Caroline Calloway herself by hand. Each one includes a custom thank you note from Caroline, custom packaging, Um, It was like this turquoise envelope that she had covered in stickers. And apparently the stickers were specifically designed to be reusable. So like that was part of the whole branding was that you get this envelope covered in stickers and then you can use the stickers from the envelope. Anyway, she also includes a custom bookmark designed by her graphic designer to, quote, visually evoke the scammer packaging while providing you with a keepsake, end quote. She also includes a satin ribbon that you can put in your hair. Initially, the satin ribbon was supposed to be a bookmark that was glued into the book itself, but that would have been too expensive. So now she's just throwing in a satin ribbon like as an extra gift. And then she also included Italian marbled paper at the beginning and end of each book. So there you have it. The luxury first edition was being sold for $65 on her website. It still is. I was checking yesterday and you could still order it, even though every day she claims that pre-orders are ending like for real this time, but they kind of never do. She's also offering a more affordable version of Scammer on her website. She's calling it Scammer for Peasants, and this one retails for only $29, but you don't get a ribbon, decorative stickers, you don't get a book plate, you don't get the Italian marbled paper, no thank you note, no bookmark, none of the extra swag that she was including with the luxury first edition, but she is still hand numbering them by editions in the order they were printing, and she still is signing them by hand. So I'm kind of like really tempted to purchase this $29 version of Scammer. I kind of feel like I need it just to like, just to have it as like a keepsake and as a conversation piece. So I might order it. Should I order it right now? I actually could probably write it off. What if I did a bonus episode where I just read aloud Scammer? 
because then I could write it off as like a business expense technically. Thoughts? We're really coming up to the end of our timeline here and I'm kind of sad because <laughs> I have been just like drowning in Caroline Calloway content for the past like two or three weeks working on this and I am mourning the loss of the Caroline Calloway episode a bit but um don't cry because it's over smile because it happened or whatever I will say that Scammer was actually received really well by critics and people who were reviewing it it got quite a lot of press it generated a pretty good buzz there was a lot of pieces coming out about Scammer over the summer and people were mostly impressed with it people mostly liked it even the celebrity memoir book club girls who aren't afraid to absolutely like trash a book if it's bad um didn't you know dislike it they did a whole episode about it that I do definitely recommend um and yeah so I guess it's a happy ending for Caroline so far. As of yesterday, so December 21st, she is selling cameos, or as she is calling them, scameos, of course. That's strong for the brand. Good for her. She's selling these for $125 a pop. And I know that because I wanted to buy one. I was sitting with Brooke yesterday and I said, oh my God, Caroline just posted a story saying that she's selling cameos. And I was gonna get one and I was gonna get her to like, address obscurination like I was I was gonna get this cameo as a gift not only for me but for you my dear listener um but I, unfortunately $125 is just a little steep okay but just know that the intention was there I was going to get all of my lovely listeners a cameo from Caroline so you're just gonna have to imagine how good that would have been if I did, in fact, want to drop 125 bucks on it, she's doing these cameos to raise money to publish the rest of her book trio because Scammer is part of a larger trilogy. Um, it is Scammer is the first one in the trilogy, obviously. And then the other ones are I Am Caroline Calloway, which is the full book version of those essays she was publishing in 2020. And then the third part of the trilogy is the Cambridge captions, which is essentially just she's going to publish the captions that she wrote from her Cambridge days in book form. I don't know if she's planning on altering them at all or editing them at all or if she's just going to put them in like in chronological order. Um, but that's kind of where we're at right now. She is currently selling. So if you already bought the scammer pre-edition online she's selling the option to complete your trilogy so she's also selling the I am Caroline Calloway and the Cambridge captions books as a pre-order I don't know why she didn't learn her lesson about the pre-orders <laughs> like girl how long is it going to be before we see these other two books like let's be so so fucking for real so here's the final update on caroline this is from her website she says as of october 1st 2023 we are all caught up on all existing pre-orders if you haven't received your shipping info in an email from shopify yet and you ordered before august 31st 2023 please email caroline calloway at icloud.com for orders placed during the months of september and october of 2023 your books will ship during the first week of november and as of mid-November 2023, we hope to finally, finally be on a shipping schedule where new orders take no more than two weeks to arrive from when you place your order on carolinecalloway.com to when your iconic turquoise package appears in your mail. Wish us luck. It's been an epic three-year-long journey. 
exhale. Did we all just do a collective exhale there? I don't know what's next for Caroline. For her sake, I hope that she does deliver on the rest of the trilogy um, of her books. And I hope that she, I guess, gets enough people to spend $125 on a cameo so she can afford to publish said books. I have no doubt in my mind that Caroline will continue to be perfect gossip fodder. I know that she is going to do something in the future that is going to require an update episode. So I definitely plan in 2024, maybe at the end, maybe in like a year, I might do like a part three follow up on everything that has happened with Caroline since now, because I take this job very seriously. I take this job that pays me no money so seriously, and I would never, ever want to leave any of you dear listeners without the freshest, most piping hot information about Miss Caroline. And I am giving you that promise. (laughs) This is the last Olivia's Obscura episode of 2023, and I know I've said it, but I just gotta say it again. If you started listening to the pod this year, literally, thank you so much. I, I like, wanted to start a podcast for so long, and I finally did, and it's been received, like, way better than I thought it was going to, and I'm not saying that I'm, like, popping off or anything, but, like, I do have, like, 20 plus listeners every week consistently which is awesome my highest episode or like my best performing episode has like almost 100 downloads which I know is small potatoes in the grand scheme of things but if 100 people were in a room listening to me talk like that would be pretty insane so like it is pretty insane that 100 people are listening to me talk in their headphones you you get what I'm saying so thank you if you are a listener I really appreciate it if you made it this far in the episode here's your kiss always I can't forget your kiss definitely keep up with me on Instagram I'm going to be posting some Caroline visuals so hit me up obscurapod Instagram obscurapod is also the handle for the TikToks tick the (laughs) what the hell would I say obscurapod is also the handle for the podcasts TikTok account there we go that was correct. Um, I don't post a lot on there right now, um, but if you want to be around for when I do, you can go ahead and follow me on there. My personal handles on Instagram and TikTok is Olivia Stober Studios. I post art stuff, personal stuff, random crap on there. So I guess if you're so inclined, go find me on either of those platforms at Olivia Stober Studios. I'm going to start the year off um, January 1st with a fun episode. I'm not quite sure what it's going to be yet, but I will be back here exactly a week from today, ringing in the new year with a brand new episode, baby. And I hope to see you here. And it is my distinct pleasure to say thank you for listening to Olivia's Obscura, and I'll see you next time. Bye.